My name is Jason Showers. I'm the director of Tree Care Products at Moorbark LLC, covering the Moorbark, Rayco, and uh, Boxer brands of products. Uh, we're an associate member company uh, with TCIA, and I'm on the associate. I'm the associate member uh, on the TCIA board of directors. Awesome, thank you. And another question I like to ask people when they, you know, hop on the podcast for the first time is. You know, for you, it's a little bit different, but I used to, I usually like to ask people, how do they get started in the tree care industry? But for you, I guess it's a two-part question. How did you get started at like Moorbark? And then how did you get started uh, in the, the tree care industry portion of it? Well, I hope you don't mind a little bit of a story. Um, so I kind of, I kind of, I kind of landed here accidentally on purpose. Um, so uh to kind of preface that a little bit, I am third generation at Moorbark. However, uh, I took a roundabout path to get here. Um, so my grandfather worked here. Two uncles uh, have worked here. One actually still is here. He's getting ready to retire next year. And uh, actually three uncles, I, I take that back. And um, and then I'm I'm the third generation uh, that that's that's been in in the business. But so the roundabout path, I actually. Uh, my, my dream was to be a, a funeral director, a licensed funeral director and mortician. And that's what I went to school for. Uh, after high school, uh, a friend of mine, his dad owned a local funeral home that I worked part-time at to try to, you know, get into the business and, and learn about it. And he, ha- he was moving to South Florida where he was a couple years older than me. And um, he had already moved down there, moved home, and he was going back again. And he asked me if I wanted to go with him. Well, to be quite honest with you, at that point in my life, um, the furthest I'd been was uh, Cedar Point in Ohio. So traveling out of Michigan as, as a point of reference, uh, I, I, I didn't travel much as a child. So I thought it was a great opportunity. Now, I didn't know anybody, didn't have any family there. I had one friend. And... So we, we, I packed up my uh, 1994 Chevrolet S10 pickup and uh, everything fit in it, by the way, and um, made the 22 hour drive to uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And we got in a, actually a couple of rooms in a house of a guy, a friend of a friend. Um, he had a couple of rooms for rent. So we had rented, rented a room from him. And in about three months later, the friend I moved down there with, uh, him and his girlfriend got back together and he moved home. So there I was by myself in this strange land called Florida. So at any rate, I just, I kept with it. Uh, ended up moving, uh, moving out of, out of the house that we were, we were renting and because uh, the, the guy was a little, he was a little bit more in strange. And uh, to keep this PG, I won't, I won't, I won't go into too many details about the, the fellow that we lived with there. But um, so, you know, through some other friends uh, that I had met, um, we ended up getting a, a, a townhouse and, and, you know, kind of was able to kind of pick myself up and go from there. But so, you know, that, that part of the story is, is actually kind of cool because um, it, again, didn't know anybody, didn't have any friends, family down there at that point. So um, the guy I had moved down there with, he had, you know, some connections and he introduced me to a guy by the name of Joe Pavlik, which he was a six foot six, 365 pounds. And his nickname was Crusher. 
Um, and what probably one of the most gentle, cool guys that you would ever meet in your life. And we became very fast friends, which we kind of look like, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito and twins uh, next to each other. But at any rate, uh, I had an interview with a with a, a funeral home down there and being, you know, 17, 18 years old and incredibly naive um, to the outside world. I walked into the, the back of uh, this funeral home and there was a little Greek fellow there by the name of Joe Santos. And I had two questions on my interview. One was, where are you from? And I told him Central Michigan. And he said, and his next question was, when can you start? And I told him, well, I could start today. And so anyway, we kind of, you know, did some small talk after that. And he had come up to me and he says, uh, he's like, do you got any questions for me? And I said, yeah, actually, Joe, I do. I said, um, this is probably the shortest interview I've ever had in my life. And I'm just kind of curious, what difference does it make where I'm from? He goes, well, I'll tell you, he goes, if you ever met anybody that's a native Floridian? And I said, no, not exactly. And uh, he goes, well, when you do, you'll figure out what this means. He said, but anybody that walks into my office from the Midwest, because he was originally from Chicago, uh, he said, I hire him on the spot because I know the work. And I'm like, okay. So, you know, I started off there and, and then quickly found out, you know, that, the, you know, the, the family owned funeral homes from the uh, very rural area that I was from weren't a thing. You know, everything was corporate environment. So what I had actually walked into is I, I worked for Service Corporation International, which short SCI, which is the largest funeral service conglomerate in the world. And what I also came to realize is that area, the, what, which in Florida is called the Gold Coast, which is makes up uh, Palm Beach, Broward, and Dade counties, was the largest, what they referred to as a cluster, um, you know, which is, a, you know, just kind of a grouping of funeral homes uh, in SCI. So, you know, as far as volume wise and everything else of, of business and traffic that went through there. So, I mean, it was an amazing experience. Um, and so I, you know, I was between working and, and going to school down there, you know, I, I, I kind of lived out my dream and in, in a, in a four-year span. And, uh, you know, when I, when I came home, I decided, I'm like, you know, I was getting a little older and I'm like, man, you know, I, I don't really, you know, this isn't really where I want to, you know, establish roots, I guess, for lack of a better term. So I decided to, uh, make the trek back North to central Michigan and one of the local funeral directors that, that, I, that I knew, he's like, well, what made you decide to get out of it? And I said, well, I said, Larry, to be honest with you, I said, I retired. He goes, well, what do you mean? And uh, I said, because the, 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 just the sheer volume that we saw, you know, in that, you know, in that four or five year period, whatever it was, um, I said, based on the number of calls that you do here, it would take you 60 years to see what I saw and you'll never do what I've done. Wow. And he's like, are you kidding me? I'm like, absolutely not. So it was a, it was a, it was a wonderful experience. Um, but, you know, moving back up here, of course, the educational requirements are, are vastly different. And uh, the Michigan Funeral Directors Association is, is very, very protective of, of the, uh, of the business. And, and part of that, you know, their, their logic behind it was to keep the corporations out. Right. So if you have to have these, you know, highly educated folks that come in and, and do this particular uh, skill set or job set, um, you know, then it, it would it would basically kind of not prevent them, but 
you know, they would, um, they would think twice about coming in because they would have to pay their staff, you know, additional funds and it wouldn't be economically feasible to do. So at any rate, fast forwarding, uh, I'd applied at Moorbark. And again, you know, like I said before, I was third generation here, but I didn't want that to play a part in my hiring. So thankfully my last name is different. So it's, it's, it's my mom's brothers. So, you know, obviously my last name's different than theirs. So um, I had applied, didn't tell anybody that I was applying here and um, had gotten an interview and about a week later, week and a half, uh, they had offered me a job. So I started off here uh, in the parts department. Um, it was actually, we were separate companies back then. And um, it was a company, it was a company within a company, right, called Sharp Edge. And it was basically our competitive wear parts division. So selling aftermarket wear parts, that sort of thing for, you know, industrial tub grinders, horizontal grinders, you know, knife, chipper knives, that sort of thing. Um, then, you know, I'd moved on to the, the parts department, which, um, you know, was separated at that time from the, from the sharp edge division. So I moved on there and from the parts department, I moved into, um, international sales and I covered Europe, Russia, and Canada, uh, with a primary focus on Russia. So, um, I, I think it was really realistically because my, my boss at the time, um, thought it was really cold and didn't want to go there. So I have been there roughly 10 times, um, you know, in the span of the time that I was international. Um, and so it was, which was a, which was a, it was a good experience at the time. So at any rate, from international sales, I took over as a territory manager in the Northeast United States, um, basically covering from Maine to Northern Virginia um, and did that for quite some time. Then I took over, um, I became the, the sales manager at that time, which it was uh, integrated. So our, what we call our industrial division, which is our big equipment, which is the tub grinders, horizontal grinders, sawmill equipment, whole tree chippers, drum chippers, that sort of thing. That was all, that was all, everything was kind of lumped together, right? So it was under kind of one management structure. Well, they wanted to split it back out uh, like the way it was before. And it had been, you know, several years since that was done. So uh, I was tasked with basically, you know, piloting, um, you know, launching the, the separation of the, the, the division and uh, kind of making it standalone, if you will. So from there, um, uh, I went over because I was kind of dual rolling at the time. They wanted, they, I was doing the, the, as a sales manager and then, you know, kind of the product manager over, you know, new pro projects and that sort of thing. So from there, <clears throat> um, they wanted to focus more on product development aspects and so I took that role on and we hired a new sales manager that came in um, somewhere around you know so I basically I was the sales manager from 08 to 11 which was it, it was a great time in our history it was a great recession so that was that was a lot of fun so it, you know I took on kind of the product development role and then that led into what you know our, one of our first acquisitions which was the boxer mini skid steer product line that we finished in 2012 so I got to you know um, have some new experience with that, leading that acquisition, uh, bringing that product in, and then managing the the product lifecycle, you know, uh, throughout the company. Uh, so that was that was kind of a fun experience and allowed me to kind of immerse myself into that. Um, fast forwarding, um, 
you know, we had uh, the sales manager that we had hired had retired. Uh, so we had an opening uh, for that and I had applied in January of 2021 and became the director of tree care products at, at, at Morbark. So what that covers is all of our brush chippers, stump cutters, uh, articulated wheel loaders and our mini skid steers. So that in a long version is how I came to the tree care industry. That's just, I'm, st- I'm still trying to process that you wanted to be a mortician just right at 18. I mean, that's, and then to also, you know, basically come from that, then come back. I think that's probably one of the, uh, the craziest transitions of from, from tree care. Cause usually it's people like, you know, like to be outside or stuff like that, but for you to get a whole fix in Florida and Florida's its own beast. Sorry, anybody from Florida who's listening, but yeah, that's, that's insane. You know, I, I think back about it and, you know, and, and I get that question a lot. It's like, how do you, that, I mean, it's 180 degrees separation, right, of, of what you're doing. And, you know, one of the one of the things that, that we always tried to ensure is if a family came in, um, you know, that, it, you know, it's, it's at their worst point, right? And they just lost a loved one or friend, you know, family member, whatever. And, you know, the entire goal was to have them laughing or smiling, you know, at the end of it, you know, to, to know it's going to be okay. And, you know, so I kind of look at it and, and, you know, I thought about that question a lot over the years and I'm like, you know, if I can, if I can help people at their worst time, I can certainly help them at their best time, you know, so it just, it, it in a weird way, it kind of lends itself, you know, it's, it's still people helping people, you know, if, if you really boil it down to brass tacks, it's just, you know, helping them in a different way and, and hopefully not as nearly as upset as, uh, you know, what they'd be if they lost a loved one. Yeah, that's, it's still just, you know, like you said, people helping people. Um, yeah. Just two, two worlds very much apart. Um, <laughs> and and two, two locations very much apart too. I mean, the, the Midwest to Florida and have not traveling anywhere outside of Florida at that point or outside of Michigan at that point must've been uh, a culture shock. Well, it was. And, and then I, then I, then I learned, um, you know, I was on the wrong side of the state. Apparently there's sides. I, I didn't, I didn't know that. Um, so then somebody explained to me, well, they're like, well, I 75 runs down, you know, the West, the West coast of Florida. You know, so that's where you get the congregation of, you know, the Midwestern folks that that come down to either, you know, as they call it, winter or vacation or do whatever. And then, you know, the East Coast has I-95 that runs, you know, down down the east side of it. So, you know, that's where you get a larger concentration, you know, of of, not that there's not, you know, intermixing and it's not like, hey, get back to your own side, dummy, you know, that sort of thing. But it was just, uh, you know, the concentration of folks. Um, it actually, I, personally, I think it was a great benefit, especially when I s- started working in the Northeast for all those years. So, yeah, and I mean, we could talk about Florida for a whole hour for a podcast, but you know, I want to get back to <laughs> get back to you and 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 Morbark and stuff like that. So, um, you know, at TCI we have the the membership and the membership dues, and we like it when companies get involved. And you know, Morbark is involved. You guys are a corporate member, uh, sponsors of various things, both for TCIA and uh, events and other opportunities, whatever you want to call them, like across the industry. So, you know, from my perspective, I 
I see the benefit because at TCA, uh, you are a sponsor. You are involved in it, and I can see how your company being involved is actually very um, effective and beneficial and helps us out immensely. But for those across the industry who don't quite understand you know, the reasoning, why is it that Morbark is taking such a, such a heavy investment in the tree care industry and things just outside of you know, sales-based stuff and things like sponsoring events and other sorts of, sorts of programs and stuff like that? Well, um, you know, we'll start off. It is, you know, obviously the, the tree care industry association covers a, a huge amount of our core competency. I mean, wood is our business. That's where we live. Um, and, and that's where our people are, you know, and to be quite honest with you, um, you know, we've saw a tremendous value in the tree care industry association, you know, particularly as, as of late as, as TCIA even evolves and, you know, focusing, you know, redirecting and kind of focusing efforts on certain areas and avenues, whether it be workforce development, whether it be, uh, you know, women in the workforce, uh, whether it be um, training, education opportunities, you know, that sort of thing. So, you know, to, to us, you know, the, you know, th this is our tribe and, you know, there, there's a tremendous value to TCIA and what TCIA offers. Uh, and to be quite honest with you, I've, I've said this, you know, several times, you know, probably 90 plus percent of our marketing budget for tree care goes to the TCIA, whether that be, you know, in the form of advertising, uh, corporate sponsorships or, you know, uh, TCIA Expo. Um, so, like I said, we're, you know, we're, we're all in um, and, you know, they give us you know, TCIA actually gives us, you know, the kind of the best, I guess, bang for our buck, if you will. I mean, I, I know that sounds cliche, um, but, you know, the best opportunity to reach our customer base and to, you know, in, in to increase those touch points, right? So one of the, one of the key things, you know, uh, we were an early adapter uh, along with several other, you know, suppliers uh, to ASTI uh, and, you know, helping get that launched and off of the ground. So it's, it's very near and dear to our heart, you know, which, you know, originally spawned the chipper operator specialist and then uh, ASTI, the Arborist Safety Training Institute had, uh, had evolved, you know, from that. So, you know, being a part of that, part of that development team that, that made that all come to fruition, you know, in partnership with the TCIA, that's, that was very important to us. Yeah. Thank you. And just, to let it know, I didn't write any of that for you. This was all all yourself. No, no TCIA <laughs> influence. Off. Yeah, yeah, no TCIA <laughs> influence was had in there. But you, you know, I mean, you know, we appreciate having having you as sponsors and supporters. And you know, even just over my almost four years here, I, I see how much that these sponsors and um, advertisers and the companies, you know, even our member companies, allow us to do. Right. With with more with more help, we're able to do more. That's really what it comes down to. So, you know, we we appreciate all of that. You know, and to add to that, it, you know, it does require engagement, not only from, you know, the, the tree care uh, companies that, that make up the members, um, you know, to, to make this whole thing work and all the cogs in the machine move. Um, you know, it has to be involved from, you know, the associate member or the corporate member level, um, you know, all the way to the tree care companies and, you know, obviously partnering with TCIA to, you know, make it all work. 
Yeah, and I guess you know, continuing your theme of engagement, you are on the board of directors currently, um, and that's another way. So I guess for you on the board of directors, first off, why did you want to become even on the board of directors? It seems, you know, y'all are busy. There's a lot going on. Um, you know, being on the board is another commitment to take time out and to, quite frankly, step into a different perspective. Where on the board, there's one um, corporate member, a corporate representative, whatever. I forget the official title is. Um, and yeah, okay, yeah, <laughs> we we keep changing the name. That's on us. But um, um, but like you know, you're you're kind of outnumbered nine nine to one. Um, with the general tree care company. So what is it that drew you to the board? What originally drew me to the board, and to be honest with you, I, I, I ran more than once to get on the board. Uh, the first time I actually uh, ran, and I'll kind of back up a little bit and start there. The first time I actually ran uh, was against Bill Weber from Arborware. And I didn't know this at the time. And then it kind of came out that it's like, hey, you're, you're going against Bill Weber. And I'm like, there's no way I'm ever going to win this contest. I mean, that guy's a rock star. So, you know, I mean, the, the chances of chances of ever, you know, displacing a Bill Weber in any sort of election uh, was improbable at best. So um, I ended up after uh, Bill served six years. Uh, I ran again and thankfully was was uh, nominated uh, by our peer group and um, and then elected, uh, you know, to serve on the board of directors. But to get back to the reason why, um, you know, honestly, it, it's to give back to the industry that's given so much to us, you know, and kind of going back to that that wheelhouse of, um, you know, it, it it takes a village, if you will. Um you know, so, you know, we rely on, you know, obviously our customer base, you know, to, to keep us going and we rely on them, you know, um, you know, as well. And it goes hand in hand. So, you know, those folks are contributing to the TCIA and hopefully they're engaged, you know, at, at some level in the TCIA. Um, and, you know, what, what ends up happening is, is it's like, you know, we, we want to give back. And this was, this was our way of doing that to try to help, you know, promote the tree care industry and the, the objectives and agendas that, you know, they are, they are putting forth and, you know, to, to honestly give us, give the associate members a voice and um, an objective voice at that. Yeah, no, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. I think it's just so easy from, you know, the people that I talk to on a regular basis, I really only see the, general tree care side of things. I think it's real easy to miss that, you know, working together, doing this all together is good for everybody who's involved with the industry. It all, it's without one of us, there wouldn't be the other one. And then, cause you've served for almost six years is 2023, right? Correct. And then you're, you're stepping down after. Yeah. Um, so, you know, basically you sign up for a three year three-year term and I was elected to my first three-year term uh, and then re-elected, um, you know, a couple of years ago. So yeah, um, my end of my six-year stint uh, is at the February, January, February board meeting at uh, Winter Management. As you make this transition, you know, what kind of advice do you have to give to your current colleagues on the board still, or even people who are looking to um, be a board member in the future? 
I think the, the, the biggest piece of advice and, and, and of course being around there for, for several years, um, you know, one of the, one of the cool things about being on the board is because of the, the staggered nature of board members, right? You get to serve with multiple people at multiple different times. And it, you know, so there's, there's always personalities, you know, different personalities and they may mesh, they may not mesh that sort of thing. Um, you know, and, and we've discussed it several times, you know, there's, there's, you know, on that personality level, you know, I'm more of an introvert. Um, you know, I don't say a lot unless I have something to say uh, type of thing. Um, I, I definitely don't talk just to hear myself talk. Um, so I, I guess from an advice standpoint, um, one of the things that, that I went in there is in, in understanding that, yes, we are a member company and TCIA is made up of member companies. We're not technically individuals, right? But while I'm, I'm representing, you know, my company, which is Morbark, you know, as, as the associate member on the board, I also try to be as absolutely objective as I can um, to know that I'm representing not just Morbark, but I'm representing all of the other associate members, you know, that, that also make up the tree care industry association, right? So, you know, it's, it's not thinking you, you've got to open your mind and not think narrowly just about your own agenda and your own objectives. You gotta, you really have to look at what's best for everybody. Right. So another piece of advice I would, I would really you know, like uh, in the example of being in the boardroom, um, besides being objective, is to definitely be humble. Leave your ego at the door, because there's, you know, while while there's a time and place for everything, there's really no room for that. You know, we we meet four times a year, uh, typically, you know, scheduled on the calendar, and there's not a lot of time, you know, for personal agendas. So, um, you know, I, I I think the the biggest benefit that, that you can have and the biggest learning experience that you can take away from being on the board because I've learned a tremendous amount you know so for me just to be honest with you coming in there from you know from the manufacturing side of things it's it's actually amazing to uh, you know see how the the tree care professionals that are on the board how they think how they operate how you know what their mindset is and and you know uh how they, you know, basically how they interact and do things, right? So it was a big learning experience for me, and hopefully it was a learning experience for them to kind of see, you know, the manufacturing side of things or the supply side of things, um, you know, to kind of mesh that all together and, and, and live as one, if you will. But I would say, you know, as far as bullet points, be objective, be humble, be kind, and be considerate, you know, of everybody's time and, and what they have to say. No, thank you. I like, I like all that advice. And, you know, I know I greatly appreciate having you on the board. I haven't had to work with you as much as that, but I've, I've appreciated having you around and having your perspective on things, you know, I'm sure, sure everybody has their, their own opinions, but you, you've, you know, from all the times that we've talked, you've always brought kind of that, you know, the, the quiet advice from the back, like you're saying, when you have that. So, you know, we do well, appreciate it. I'm, I'm a big fan of Joe Riley. So, we you know, stop there in the universe. <laughs> you you hear that, Dave? Jason's a big fan of me. I may have to cut that part out. Otherwise, that may not be um be as good for me as I'm hoping for. Um, 
so also also kind of continuing uh the the theme of being involved and you know i'd be remiss if we didn't talk about tci expo at all because um i kind of remember my first expo back in 2018 which was also coincidentally back in uh, charlotte north carolina and um you know i remember watching all the equipment get set up on the trade show floor and um i remember a lot of the equipment getting put into the Morbark booth and then the giant tvs get put into the Morbark booth and like everything else um to be quite honest it wasn't quite what i was expecting you know i was two months or three months into working this job and you know over time i've learned a lot more but like the industry as a whole, like for something with the, okay, I don't really know how to say it, but like it doesn't seem like the industry that's going to party as hard as it does and have as much fun as it does um, from the outside looking in just solely due to the fact of the nature of the work, right? It's hard work and, you know, it's dangerous work and they spend a lot of time, you know, making sure they're safe. And then to watch everybody kind of let loose a bit is, um, I don't want to say a huge culture shock, but it really felt like I was not in the same place that I originally learned about. And while we kind of have a lot of uh, hiring issues, right, um, that, you know, because the job's hard, it's kind of scary for some people. Uh, there's a lot of other parts of tree care where people can still get involved and still experience the same kind of culture and the fun. You know, it's very, it's very familial. And I know a lot of people I've talked to have been like, if a company says they're family, you should run because that means they're going to work you to the bone. But really, I mean, like in the tree care industry from most companies, whether it's, you know, like you as our corporate members or our tree care members or even TCA as a whole, like when they say it's family, I don't panic as much now because I've seen this kind of thing. So I guess for you, sw swapping careers back you probably had a little little bit of experience if you know third generation seeing what the tree care industry was actually like but for people on the outside you know can you agree or disagree with me that the tree care industry is you know a really fun place to work regardless of you know what it may look like i would i would say it's it's no short of a blast uh to be in this industry um, you know, one of the things that we've been so fortunate, uh, you know, with, and especially, you know, tagging in TCIA Expo, you know, into that is the people that you meet. And, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing, you know, we were talking about, you know, the stories and, and you had alluded to, you know, how folks, you know, end up in the tree care industry, right? And it's, you know, sometimes it comes down to they didn't belong anywhere else and they found this ragtag bunch of bunch of folks that, you know, became their tribe. Um, and to be honest with you, um, I was responsible for the uh, article for this month in the in the TCA uh, magazine. And it's about it's focused actually on my daughter, who's now in the tree care industry. Right. So uh, she moved out to California um, with her boyfriend and talking with a fellow board member, Josh Morin, we were chit chatting one day and he's like, Hey, you know, I, we were talking about my daughter, Hannah, and we were like, Hey, uh, he's like, you know, if she's ever interested, uh, I got a really good friend that we work a lot together, you know, helping each other out. And, and that's the other amazing part is, you know, like Josh is in Colorado and his friends in Southern California and these guys get together and, you know, try to try to help each other prop up their businesses, which to me is fantastic and amazing. 
you know, going to that family aspect. And he's like, you know, if she's ever interested, I've got a good friend of mine. He's got a fantastic culture down there in, in a company in San Diego. And I'm like, yeah, there's no way, you know, there's just, you know, not happening. Mm-hmm. So I was talking to her on the phone and I'm like, Hey, I said, uh, you know, what would you think about this? And, and she's like, I would absolutely, I would love to check it out. I, I'm totally interested. I'm like, what? I mean, it just like, it completely took me off guard. Right. So got a hold of Josh. He's like, you know, if she is interested, you know, let me know. I'll make the connection. So got a hold of Josh and he had um, given me uh, Joey Eve's contact information at Coastal Tree Care. So I passed that along to Hannah and, you know, she had set up a meeting with Joey and, you know, they, they hit it off. That was in like October of 21. Uh, you know, he wasn't looking to bring anybody on till the new year, which, you know, all the timing worked out. It wasn't like she was in a hurry to do anything. And so they, they reconnected again after the first of the year coming into 2022. And she is now an employee of Coastal Tree Care in, in Southern California. So, um, you know, in, in, you know, Josh was spot on, man. They have a great culture. And uh, I got the opportunity to meet Joey at Winter Management in Hawaii uh, for the first time. And he is, he is as cool as they come, man. And he is, he's taken my daughter under his wing and it's, you know, speaking to that whole family and, and, you know, she found her tribe, which is to me amazing. You know, I never would have thought in a million years she would have been interested in anything like that, but, you know, connecting at, you know, events such as winter management, uh, or TCIA Expo, you know, we meet all these people, right? Whether they're customers, maybe they're not customers, you know, um, peripheral customers, you know, whatever it is, you know, you, you, you see these people and you meet them, you know, the other, the other, uh, the other suppliers that are actually representing in the booth, uh, you know, for their booths or whatever, um, you know, so it's, it's just an amazing assembly of individuals that it is definitely, it can be a party. Um, we work hard and play hard. And I have to tell you that uh, Expo for us is absolutely exhausting because we're typically the setup crew, the teardown crew, you know, and then everything in between, right? So, but you get an opportunity to to go to Tree Care Industry Expo, right? And what the fantastic thing to me is, is that, you know, it's roughly 4,000 people of your people, Right. So it's not like, you know, some of the other industry trade shows that we represent at that, you know, we're a, we're a, a small fish in a big pond type of thing where, you know, there might be 20,000 people there, but only 1,000, 1,500 would ever be interested in whatever, you know, whatever, you know, you have as far as, as products, right? But here, I mean, it's like, you know, you got 4,000 folks that are, that's what they do, you know, and so that concentration you know, well, you know, a lot of people will be like, well, it's only 4,000 people, but it's 4,000 of our people, right? Mm-hmm. So it makes a huge difference in, in, in a lot bigger and broader impact, you know, on, on what you're able to do. So to us, you know, on the manufacturing level, um, the tree care industry expo is our Detroit auto show. You know, it's the biggest show that we do for tree care every year. You know, so we look forward to it, whether you're releasing new products or, you know, you've got a new widget or or whatever the case may be, you know, it's, it's our time to 
basically launch what we're doing for the upcoming year. So uh, we've made a tremendous amount of friends um, and, you know, it's great to see those folks and reconnect with them every year. Yeah. And, you know, everything you said, I like that perspective. I think one of the, the best things that happened to me when I started was them taking me to TCI Expo, you know, two months in because it's kind of, you know, what are you working for and who are you working for? And you get to meet all of these people and everybody, I mean, almost everybody, I'm sure we can think of a few exceptions of people, but are incredibly friendly and supportive and they want to talk. And I mean, really, everybody in the industry is just interested in either what you have to do as TCA or what you have to do as, you know, manufacturer. And, you know, for better or worse, everybody in the industry is very vocal. Everybody has opinions. This isn't... um this is an industry where you can get away with doing the wrong thing, which I also think, you know, accountability is held high because just of the type of people we have. Um, and I've been fortunate enough to go to like, uh, as the photographer and all the other kind of stuff for executive arborist workshop and for WMC. And you get to see kind of, um, you you kind of get people outside of their elements and you get to see them in networking positions. Like you said, with, uh, people from across the entire United States and potentially even the world. And, it's not like they're holding trade secrets. They're not, you know, trying to push anybody down. There's a lot of sharing of information and knowledge and everybody's trying to raise each other up. Maybe it's not the company immediately next door to them, but even then you you'll see a lot of, you know, companies and just give give advice. Um, you know, when I went to one of the executive arborist workshops in California, we were down at, at Tad's place and he did a whole thing about how he runs his company and shared, you know, his process and strategies to uh, basically a group of strangers who then took that, ran with it. And then the next time I saw him, they were thanking Tad because now their company was running so much smoother. I really can't think of another industry where anybody would ever take people in the same industry, potentially in the same area on a tour of their place uh, and let them know what they're doing correctly. It's uh, definitely, it's, you know, so they have a a kind of a name for it, and I I think it fits in here. It's open source, right? And one of the things that I've just done over the years, and and I didn't appreciate this as much when I first started going to Expo, um, but, you know, it's, I guess, with with age comes wisdom, I hope, um, is, you you know, you can kind of step back and just kind of, you know, take it in and look around, right? And to your point, um, you know, these folks, I mean, it's like, especially the most unlikely duos, right, or, or, or group of networking friends that you would have, you would think that there's no way that these two are ever going to, to gel or, or, or they're ever going to have a conversation. I mean, it might be, you know, somebody just starting out, um, you know, in with somebody that's, you know, got several crews and been in business for 20, 30 years, whatever, you know, and there's, there's something that clicks, right. And you can kind of stand back. And if you take yourself out of the moment for a minute and just kind of watch what's going on around you, it's actually an amazing thing to, to watch. And, you know, to your point of how these folks share information, you know, in ultimately boost the profession of being an arborist or a tree care professional, right? So, it's again going back to the point of people helping people. Um, you know, they're 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 literally trying to make everybody's worlds better. You know, whether it be in in not only it could be the 
you know, it's not only the per person giving the advice necessarily that's learning, but, you know, may, they may step back, you know, with the folks that they're mentoring, if you will, and, and be able to learn something from them as well. And, or maybe kind of stuff that they've passed over or overlooked and be like, Hey, you know, you know, I can, I can take a look at that and, and help my own business as well. Yeah. Um, we're coming up on kind of the end of the hour I've scheduled for both of us, but you know, before I close things out, is there anything that you'd like to talk about that we haven't had a chance to yet? Not really. I think we covered, I think we covered pretty much everything, you know, that there is. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I, it, in, you know, I, I kind of go back and it been very fortunate. Uh, I've been with Morbark now. It'll be 24 years in July. Um, and you know, I, I've, I've seen a lot here. Um, you know, with, you know, with being involved in the industry, met a lot of good friends, a lot of good people, uh, you know, had a lot of great opportunities, you know, within the industry myself, and uh, would definitely, you know, recommend and encourage folks that are thinking about board service to get your name in there. And I'll tell you, it's not easy. The competition is getting uh, fiercer as far as the, the open positions available. Um, so, you know, one of the big things is to make sure that people don't get discouraged if you don't make it the first time, um, you know, to, to, to run again and again or, you know, get involved in, in you know, the, the, the committees that are available or the other opportunities to um, not only kind of, you know, get involved with the industry, but to be engaged with the with the TCIA.